Hi, and welcome to the Church Unlimited podcast. Church Unlimited is a vibrant, Bible-based church in North Lakes, Queensland that is passionate about helping people discover the genuine love of Jesus. If you are currently looking for a new home church, we'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship at either our 10 a.m. or 4 p.m. service. For more information about our Sunday service or to find out how we can best help you, head to our website at churchunlimited.com.au. We hope you enjoy this great message from Sunday service. Well, good morning. I just wanted to have an opportunity to say hello and uh, just say it's such a wonderful um, experience to be here. This is amazing. Honestly, this church, you're blowing my mind. First of all, you have amazing pastors who have got big hearts. Yeah, come on. Let's honour your beautiful pastors this morning. Really just so warm, so open. But they can't do this thing on their own. And every single person we've met, every meeting we've been in with key leaders, with influencers, with givers, with your board, wow. How many of, I, how many of you can I put in my suitcase and take home? <laughs> but that would be wrong because your community needs this, what you have right here. And um, I just want to encourage you that what you have is so special. What you have is not normal. It's not everywhere. And your friends are waiting. Your friends are waiting to be here. Your friends at work, your friends at school, your friends in the nursing industry, your friends in the construction industry, your friends in the retail industry. Wherever you lay your foot, they're waiting to be part of this. They're waiting for you to invite them. And I just want to encourage you that what you've got to invite them to is just wow, is just super. So you guys need to give yourselves a really big cheer. Because this is a great church. And if you're here for the very first time today, I want to say thanks for coming. I'm glad you've come and I would love to meet you. I would love to say hi to you after the service. But I know this man has a great word for you. But And I just wanted an opportunity to sort of wave and say, this is me, Helen. Uh, it's great to do what we get to do together. We send greetings from our church. They've said to us, go, go bless these guys. And our heart is that we can be an encouragement to you both, to your family, um, to those around you. But we just want to invest in this, in connection, because when your pastors, your pastors have great people, (laughs) that's us, (laughs) (laughs) sorry about that. (laughs) When, you know what, when we encourage one another, it makes us all better. So that's our honour to be able to do that. So we're glad to be here. God bless you. Thank you for letting me say hello. (laughs) Thank you, Helen. Hey guys, come on, take a seat. Tell the person beside you, you're glad they made it here today. It is great to see so many people out here today and, uh, and welcome. If you are new here for the very first time, seriously, you're not gate crashing anyone's party, okay? We have been waiting for you and we're so glad that you are here today. Yeah, come on, give them another round of applause. Seriously, it's great. It's always, it's always a bit scary coming, uh, going somewhere for the first time. If you've joined up at a gym or anything like that, there's always that little bit of tension. Um, but, you know, this church, their greatest desire is that you would just really feel at home. Well, 
I, I am going to get into the Word and we have many guest preachers come and they come with their books and I'm like, man, just hurry up and get on with the message. And I don't want to be that guy today. But I have got a book that, that Helen and I recently, <laughs> right? We, we have written this book. Well, I, I wrote it, but, you know, Helen had a lot to say about it. Um, and it's called, it's called 60 Seconds to Save Your Relationship. Now, I'm just going to give you a little bit of background and it's waiting for you out there. But let me tell you, it's got, this, this, this book has got a very dark side. Okay, let me tell you why I wrote this book. I'm lazy. Okay, I can't be bothered telling people the same things over and over and over again. So I just wrote it in the book. And because I've discovered that, you know, people do things that really hurt their relationships. And it's really obvious, but it might not be so obvious to you. Okay, and so what I've done is I've made it really, really simple. It's called 60 Seconds because basically each chapter takes about 60 seconds to read. Okay, that's it. Guys, it's for you. It's got pictures and everything, okay? Right? Honestly, it's actually been written for men, okay? In that sense, obviously, it's for anybody and everybody. But um, I just want to encourage you guys. The dark side to this book is that every one of these chapters are people that I have witnessed lose their relationship, like destroyed, finished. And there's about 41 chapters here or 41 thoughts of, you know, guys, you just can't afford to do 10 of the things that I'm talking about here. If you Actually, I think if you do five of them, you're, you're on your way to maybe really hurting your – actually, probably destroying it, to be honest. I was actually going to call it 41 ways to destroy your relationship, um, but people said it was too negative. But um, so I've, I, they're waiting for you out there. Um, there's not too many of them because they're very heavy books to carry. Um, but what I'm thinking, I'd like to give two away. I'd like to give one to the newest couple in the room. So who would the newest couple be? No, I'm, I'm actually talking engaged. Yeah, sort of engaged. So because we don't know if you're, gonna, if you're just going out together, we don't know if you're going to make it. Um, but but the, so is that, that's terrible, isn't it? Where's the faith, Pastor Rich? Okay, so where are they? New, come on, you, can, you need to come up here very quickly. Newly, newly engaged couple. Newly engaged. Come on. Guys, so just your names, please. Lucy. Daniel. Daniel. And where did you guys meet? Um, we met through, through a friend. A friend. <laughs> okay, that's, that's code for Tinder. Anyway, <laughs> guys, just take that. We, that's okay. We believe you. We believe you. Yeah, sure. Thank you, guys. And I'd like to give this to the couple that have been together the longest. So who've been together the longest? Is, is it you guys, Neville? Is that right? Yeah, probably. Okay, how many years? Anyone, can anyone do better than 61 years? Well, out, out you come, guys. Uh, oh, yeah. I, well, actually, I would love them to come out here because I, now I had the privilege of meeting both of you out there. But how, how did you guys meet? Uh, at youth group. That's still code for Tinder, guys. We, <laughs> God bless you. We love you guys. Come on, give them a huge round of applause. It's great. Great to be with you. And, uh, and so please uh, feel free. Now, actually, I am going to put it out there. I honestly, I want you to have this book so much. In all honesty, if you can't afford it, okay, can you just let someone know? But I will give one to you, okay? And uh, I, why? Because I honestly believe that God wants us to have flourishing relationships because it glorifies Him, okay? And when your neighbours hear you, 
from across the road, it needs to be words of love, right? Not plate smashing, okay? And so I believe it really glorifies God and I'd love everyone to have one of these things, but you can't probably all buy it here today anyway. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's get into God's Word. Father, I thank You for this incredible church. Thank You for these beautiful pastors. Lord God, I just want to thank you for the leadership team. Thank you for yesterday, God, and those who really leaned in. And God, I just pray that you've got something to say to every person in this room today. Lord, please just use your Word and use the words that come out of my mouth. And God, Lord, change my water words into your wine. And and just make it work, God, for people today, I pray in Jesus' Name. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. The, um, the title of my message today is called Living Beyond the Stars and Dots because I know some of you love to know the, you know, the, the title of the message right from the outset because you love to take notes. You know, if I, was to con- if I was to think about the topic that I'm about to preach on, you know, if, if topics, preaching topics were works of art, I believe this topic is the Mona Lisa. I, I really do. And if topics were different cars that you can buy in the world. I believe this topic is the Bugatti Veyron. Come on, someone. Come on, some guy. Don't, don't leave me hanging here. If, if this topic was a football club, it would be... See, I knew that there was a demonic presence in the room today. I was sensing it. I was sensing it there in the room, and that's, that's where it came from, right there. Because my brother and I here, we're, we're the Carlton boys all the way, bro. Yeah, thank you very much. All right. Anyway, seriously, if I, if I went into a country that was, you know, communist na- in nature or, or something along those lines, and they said to me, listen, we understand what you're trying to do in this country. You can preach one message. And that's the only message you can preach right around this country. This is the message I would preach. So I'm, I'm just, I'm telling you this because this, this message is dear to my heart and you're going to know why. And, and actually, to be quite honest, I was going to speak this word even before I really realized it was Anzac Day today. But, but this is the message that I would preach around the world. You're going to see the Scripture for it. And the Scripture is John chapter 15, verse 3, 13, sorry, where it says, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. Friend, I, I want to talk to you about God's love today. And I'm sure you've heard a, a zillion messages about that. And I hope you have. I really hope you have. But in my experience as a pastor, I honestly believe a lot of the things that are going on in people's lives is because the enemy does not want you to understand this. He doesn't want you to really understand God's love because if he can cause some confusion in your area, in in that topic, in that revelation, friends, he will destroy your life. And I'm going to show you how he does this. But today, my prayer is that you will leave this place understanding God's love. That's my prayer. You know, Christmas comes around once a year. And I believe Christmas comes around once a year to remind us that God is the God of the impossible. That as we go through January and February and then we get the job, but then we don't get the job and then we get fired and then we're trying to have children, but we have miscarriages. And and as we get through the year, it's easy to stop believing in the God of the impossible. But I love how Christmas comes around every year to remind us that no, God came to this earth born of a virgin to remind us that He's the God of the impossible. It's like God wants us to reset that He's the God of the impossible every year. I love that. And in our church, and I'm sure in churches around the world, everyone's talking about the God of the impossible. But you know, Easter also comes around every year. And what's Easter supposed to remind us of every year? That someone laid down their life. And why would they do it? Because of their great love for us. 
And we've just experienced Easter. We've just come out of that. But friends, my desire is that today you would get the revelation of how loved you really are. Because I'm going to show you what it actually does to your soul, to your family, to the relationships you have, and you will just climb higher and higher. I've been pastoring for a long time now. I'm telling you right now, friends, this is where it's at. Have you ever noticed when someone discovers that someone else likes them, like someone that they really like? So you've got a young girl, she really likes the guy, and all of a sudden she somehow discovers that guy actually likes her too. Have you ever seen what happens? Have you ever seen when a guy discovers that a girl likes him, the shoulders go back? And it's like, there is not a care in the world. Come on, can you remember back to those days? It's like, hey, bro, is that your car? Yeah, it's on fire. doesn't matter, bro. It's all good. It's all good, man. Hey, um, is that your Prada bag over there? Yeah, Yeah, someone just stole it. It doesn't really matter. It's okay. It's fine. Jimmy likes me. And that's all that really matters. You know what? God wants us to be the sort of people that He wants us to put our shoulders back because we know, we know something that the people out there don't know yet. And He wants us to be people that have an air of confidence about us. You know, I was watching these little kids here and we've had the privilege of spending some time with the Hensley kids. And oh my gosh, I could move through this church just to spend more time with those kids. They're just smart. And, and they look you in the eye and they're just absolutely awesome. But you know what these kids have got? And I'm sure most of your kids do. I hope they do. They've got this confidence that mum and dad really, 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 really love them. And you know what? As a parent, I've tried to instill that in my children too. Now, listen, if I, as the Bible says, being evil, want my kids to walk around with an air of confidence that my mum and dad love me. How much more does your Father in heaven want you feeling like that where we've just got our shoulders back? Come on, why, why am I surrounded by Christians who are sort of thinking that they're trying to avoid God because they don't want Him to know the truth about who they are and they don't pray enough and they don't read enough and they come to church. and then, No, no, God wants us to be people that have their shoulders back and we've got this a little bit of swagger. That, that Brian Houston sort of talk, you know, walk, you know, that sort of, yeah, you sort of just walk like... God needs us to have that because it's so easy to lose our confidence. But friends, every time you look at that cross that might be hanging around your neck right now, do you know what that cross is supposed to tell you? You're loved. You're valued. You're significant. You're important. That's what it's supposed to tell us. And you know, when our children were growing up, and I'm sure many of you have maybe done this as well, there was a book by Max Licardo. Anyone heard of Max Licardo? And it's a children's book. And the book was called You are special. Has anyone ever read that book? Can I encourage you to buy that book for your kids? If your kids are 28 and 30, maybe don't worry about it. I think you've missed, you've missed it a little. But if you've got young kids, can I really encourage you to buy that? Because Helen and I bought this book for our kids and we would read it to them seriously three or four times a week and they would love it. And let me just give you a synopsis of the book, okay? This it's, it's obviously a children's story. It's about the Wimmicks who live in Wimmicksville. And, and, and the Wimmicks were these little people who, you know, lived in this little village. And what they did is everyone had two boxes. And there was a box full of stars and there was a box full of dots. And, and what would happen is if you were a Wimmick and you could sing really well, people would take out a star and they would put a star on you and they would put it on your shoulder. They would put it on your chest. They would put it on your leg. They, and and if, you, if, you, if you had the right 
proportions on your face, then they would put, they would give you a star. If you could jump over, uh, you know, rivers uh, with, with a pole, then they would put a star on you. If you could speak really, really well, they would put a star on you. And, and, and so, and that's what they did. But, but, it, but if your paint on you, because they're wimmicks, they're sort of dolls. If your paint was a bit chipped, they would put a dot on you. Or if you couldn't sing very well, they would put a dot on you. And if you couldn't run very fast, they would put a dot on you. And if your proportions were not like they think you should be, then they would put a dot on you. And there was a little guy called Punchinello. And he, he couldn't sing very well. He, he wasn't the popular guy. And so every time he would walk up and down the street, people were constantly putting dots on him. To the point where Punchinello didn't want to leave his house anymore. Now remember, this is a kid's book. My kids are listening to this. And Punchinello would have dots put on him. And it got to the place where Punchinello was so embarrassed about the amount of dots because he only had one or two stars, if that. But mainly it was just dots. Every was just a few stars, mainly dots. But do you know what Punchinello started to do was he started to want to hang out with all the people who also had dots. And then those people would start to isolate themselves. And then one day Punchinello comes across this girl. Her name's Lucia. And, he, and there's something different about Lucia because Lucia doesn't have any stars or any dots. And he says to her, Lucia, how come you don't have stars or dots? And she says, they just don't stick on me. And he said, but how do you do that? He says, see that house up on the hill? There's a man there. His name's Eli. I go up there every day. And when I go to see him, something happens that the stars and the dots just don't stick. So he goes up there and he goes and meets Eli. And as he walks in, he hears a voice. He says, Punchinello, I'm so glad you came. And he puts him up on his big desk and he says, Punchinello, you've got so many dots. He says, I know. And I want to be like Lucia. How do I get rid of the dots? And he said, very simply, this is what you need to do. You just need to value what I say about you, Punchinello. Not what your friends say about you. Not what the other women say about you. And you need to know, I love you. And the minute he heard those words, the dots began to fall off. And the stars began to fall off. He didn't have many of them, but those that he did began to fall off. Now, Eli, I think as we would know, is El Shaddai. That's who, that's who he was meeting with. And friends, from that story, my kids started to believe it doesn't matter what the kids at school say about them. It doesn't matter what their friends say about them. It doesn't matter what social media says about them. And if you meet my kids, hey, listen, they're not perfect. But if there's one thing you'll pick up from my kids, they put their shoulders back and they don't seem to be kids that have got dots and stars all over them because we try to teach them as young people. It doesn't matter what other people have said about you. There is a God in heaven who loves you. He thinks you're special. He thinks you're amazing. And so Punchinello began to live the life that he always dreamed about. And friends, you probably were wondering, what, does it, what, what, what did that mean, the introduction to the message, living beyond the stars and the dots? Friends, we're going to get to the place where we don't care about the stars and we don't care about the dots. And for some of us, you're like, you know what, the dots thing, I think I've got that under control. I don't really care what people say about me. If it's negative, I don't believe it. We need to also be, be careful of the stars. 
We need to be careful of wanting people's approval. And some of you are like, oh, I don't think that really matters to me. Yeah, when was the last time you put up a picture on Instagram and checked it every 10 minutes to see how many people have liked your picture on Instagram? Come on, let's be honest. That we put up this picture on Instagram and it's like you're, you're hoping and all of us, a few likes go up and, and, and then it explodes. Everyone loves your picture. And if you were honest, you're like, woohoo. And, and, but what you don't realise is you're now covered in stars. And you're thinking, but that's not a bad thing. Yes, it is, because the next picture you put up, not as many people like it. And so what do you tend to do? You quickly delete it and you get it off there because because you're craving the stars so much that when someone doesn't give you the stars, it actually messes with you. So here's here's, here's a question. When we're serving God, is it so that you can get stars from other humans? When you do anything of value to others, is it because you're looking for stars? Let me tell you why it's dangerous to live with stars and dots, guys, because people can manipulate you if you're looking for stars. You can be abused. You can be used. If you're the sort of person that's always looking for stars, then I can easily manipulate you just by saying, hey, man, it would really mean a lot to me if you would go there or do this. And and because you're craving the stars, are you hearing me? Then, of course, there's the negative dots where people are just having a go and they're condemning you and they're saying all the wrong things to you. Hey, listen, we need to to live a life that goes beyond the stars and the dots. Come on, give someone a high five if it's COVID safe. And some of us are thinking, yeah, this is a great thing to have. No, 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 friends. It's more than just a great thing to have. You need to have this. How do we know this? Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. By the way, I'm going to give you a few scriptures today. Is that okay if I really anchor this message in the Word? Okay, listen to this. Jesus goes and gets baptised, which I would hope you'd listen to Pastor James and go get baptised if you haven't been. But the Bible says that Jesus goes into the waters. He comes back out and what happens next? It says, a voice from heaven said, here it comes. This is my Son whom I love and with Him I am well Please, three things that Jesus gets to hear. His position with God, you're my son. I love you and I am pleased with you. I, right, did you, did you hear those things? Okay. The funny thing about all this is that G, this happens at Jesus' baptism. Most of us go, yeah, of course God loves him because he was, you know, healing blind people and opening up deaf ears. No, no, no. God spoke that over Jesus' life before he healed anybody, raised anyone from the dead. Listen, we think that sometimes we are loved of God because of the things that we're doing, but Jesus' baptism shows us that God loved him simply because he was his son and he loves him and with him he is well pleased. Being well pleased. Now you're thinking, oh, that's a nice thing that God said to him. No, no, no. This was important, friends, because what God was doing for him was making sure that he didn't need the stars and God got rid of the dots. I love you. You don't need stars. I'm pleased with you. It doesn't matter what anyone says to you. I think you're awesome. God dealt with the stars and the dots right there. Are you, are you getting that? What's the, very, what's the next thing that happens to Jesus? What happens next? He goes into the desert to be tempted by the devil. What does the devil tempt him with? Validate yourself. If you are the Son of God, did the devil know whether Jesus was the Son of God or not? He knew. So why was he coming out with statements like, if you are the Son of God? What he was trying to get Jesus to do was to validate himself. But we served a Saviour who just 10 minutes before that heard from God, I am loved and I am pleasing and I know that I'm God's Son. And he didn't feel the need to 
justify himself. Imagine if we didn't have to justify ourselves. Imagine we could live a life where, we're, where we don't have to apologise because we're not living up to everyone else's standard of what they think we should be. Imagine you could be the sort of person that you could just live your life for God and you can put your shoulders back. And even though you may have disappointed people, now listen, I'm not saying that this is a message to just go ahead and disappoint people. No, no, what I'm saying is the enemy wants to make us think we are constantly disappointing everyone everywhere and it's a lie from the enemy. How do we overcome it? We need to catch the revelation and we need to hear what Jesus heard. Friends, you are a child of God. You are loved and you are pleasing to God from the front to the back, not just the pastors on the front row. Every single person in this place, if we don't need the stars, we can't be manipulated. And if we don't accept the dots, you will never feel condemned. What a powerful way to live your life. You know, our first child was a girl, Sarah. And I, and I used to sit with her and I used to say, Sarah, why does daddy love you? And she would say, because I got brown hair, because I have blue eyes, because, and she used to quote all these different things that she would, that she would think that's why I love her. And I'd say, sweetheart, I love all those things about you, but I love you because you're my daughter. And she would go, oh. And then I'd say, will you always be my daughter? And she'd go, yeah. And I'd say, that means I'm always going to love you. Now, you know what? She's 27 now. She's got a husband, but she still sends me messages and says, thank you, Dad, that you love me. Friends, it starts very young. But listen, can I just speak on some of your parents' behalf? Because they never told you that. And I don't know you, so it would almost be wrong for me to say, I love you, because I don't really know you that well, but I would love to love you, but it would be wrong. It would be just nice words. But you do have a father in heaven who would look you in the eye and say, why do I love you? And you need to answer back because I'm your child. And he'll say, and will you always be my child? And you'll say, yes. And then he will say straight back to you. Well, that means I will always, 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 always love you. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Give him a shout of praise. Come on, he's worthy. Friends, the greatest people that are doing the greatest things around the world understand this. Because if you're going to fight with the enemy, he's going to bring you the stars and the dots. He's going to make you feel bigger than what you are. And, 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 and you know, friends, it's so easy to fall into that. Seriously, like sometimes I'll be preaching a message at church and, you know, preaching is probably my strongest gift. Like, you know, if, if, if admin, like, man, our church would just go backwards if I was trying to do anything administratively, right? That's why I need this girl here. But, you know, I'll, I'll preach a message and, 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 and I'm telling you, even I'm thinking, man, I'm preaching well today. Like, seriously, even I'm like, who am I? TD, move aside, buddy. Like, you know, I'm serious. I'm, I'll preach messages and I, I, you know, we just know that you've nailed it, right? If you're an athlete, you know that you've nailed it, whatever it is. I feel like I know that I've nailed that. That was awesome. And, and then I see people starting to come down the row and, and they got their boxes out. You can see they got their boxes out, not physically, right? You know, but they got their stars out. They're coming for me. And I'm like, wherever you like, wherever, put, a few, put a few stars there, please. Put a few stars there. Now, listen, can I just say something? It's your job to put stars on people. But it's also your job to not need them. But it's your job to put stars on people. We're supposed to encourage people. So you're supposed to have a box of stars and you're supposed to be putting them on people. You, should, you just shouldn't be craving them. So, so I get off the platform and people are like, boom, 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 boom. I walk out, I got stars. You can't even see me. I'm camouflaged. 
right? I'm, I'm, I'm just gold. I'm just in gold stars and I'm just like, what? But the next week, guys, I don't know what happened. Maybe I got too busy or something. I don't know what happened. Or, and, and I'll get off and I just, I'll know that I've tanked. I know that I, it just didn't go very well. It just, it just didn't go, I don't know what happened. And I see those same people coming with another box. But they're a bit more discreet. They don't just put it straight on your forehead. They sort of, as you're walking out, they just throw one on your back. Like, didn't nail that one. What happened to you today, Pastor Rich? You know, the honest truth is, I know sometimes I nail it. And I know sometimes I tank, like we all do in life. I've got to be honest with you, after 20 years of ministry, I wish I knew today what I knew. I wish I knew back then what I know today. But I crave the stars way too much and the dots hurt me way too much. And there are people in this room right now, you crave the stars way too much. Can I be this blunt, Pastor James? Is that okay? Some of us crave the stars way too much because you never, you never got one star from your family. You didn't get one star from your teacher. You didn't get one star from your university lecturer. I, I get it. I understand. Some of us aren't getting stars from our spouses right now. And you're craving a couple of stars. And for some of us, man, if in the spiritual realm, you know, you know what heaven sees? They just see dots everywhere. They see condemnation because you don't feel like you're good enough because you made a mistake when you were a teenager and you made some bad decisions or because you don't feel like you do enough for your kids. And we're all feeling like failures at the moment. And if heaven can see in this room, there are stars and there are dots everywhere. But friends, imagine we can, by the end of this service, walk out of that place like that young lady, Lucia, where we are just star free, we are dot free, and we can just get on with loving God and being the people that we, come on, give him a shout, guys. That's what we're going for here. The Apostle Paul put it this way, Romans chapter 8, verse 38. Are you getting something out of this? If you receive, friends, this is a revelation. This isn't just a teaching. You need to be praying, Holy Spirit, let me get this. Let me get this because it's, it's revealed by the Holy Spirit. If you're new here today, friends, this, this is for you. The Apostle Paul says, and I am, what, what does he say? Convinced. Are you convinced of what he is about to tell us he is convinced of? This is what he is convinced of, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. What's he saying? No dots. I, I refuse to accept dots. And then he says, neither death nor life. That's another way of saying no dots, no stars. The good, the bad. I don't really care. Nor angels, are angels good? They're the stars. Or demons, they're the dots. What he's trying to say is none of these things matter to me. Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. I, but listen, he says, he says God's love's there, but are you convinced of it? Are you convinced of it on Tuesday, but then you're not sure about it on Wednesday? Because that's, that's where the enemy trips you up, friend. Friend, there is not a moment where I don't stand there knowing that I'm about to get up here when the enemy doesn't speak to me and say, and say to me, How, who gives you the right to get up there and talk about these things? And do you know what I say to him? I agree with you, devil. I've got no right. But Jesus is in my life and I'm loved by God and I'm not getting up here under my own authority. I'm getting up here, not because I'm so good, but because Jesus is really, really good. Are you getting what I'm saying? And if the enemy's attacking me, friend, he's gonna attack you. And all of us right now need to get to the place where we need to ask ourselves something. Am I craving some stars? Am I craving stars? Do you know what peer, can I tell you what peer pressure is? Let me tell you what peer pressure is. I need stars. I need stars from my mates. That's what, that's what peer pressure actually is. But imagine a young person could just go, I know that all of you want to go and do drugs that way and you're all encouraging me and I really want the star 
I really want the star of, hey, Richie did it too. But imagine you had the confidence to say, I don't need to do that because I, I feel loved right now. As I, and even though all of you guys are now looking down on me, I don't really care because I know who I am and I don't need your stars because I'm actually, that's how you overcome peer pressure, everybody. That's how you overcome it. And some of us are like, oh, I'm so glad those, those days are over. Yeah, really? What about that new house you just bought? For some of us, the only reason you bought that particular house is because you were just trying to keep up with your other mates who had bought similar. Are you getting what I'm saying? Friends, it never, ever leaves you alone. And you've got to constantly go up to Eli and sit on his big desk and hear the words, you are special, you are loved. And as you hear those words, the stars fall off, the dots fall off, and then you have an air of confidence about you. Hey, listen, if you're going to get married, if you're going to get married, try and find someone who doesn't need the stars and try and find someone who, don't, who doesn't accept the dots. Okay, honestly, it's all in the book. Okay, I'm not trying to sell it to you. Seriously, beware of someone who can't do a day without you handing out stars because there's going to be a day that you don't hand them out. And it's like, you don't love me. I do, sweetheart. Where's the star? I've just forgot. Yeah, but I need this. Okay, I understand. We're supposed to encourage each other, encourage each other. But if you crave stars like that, friends, it's a bottomless pit of needing them. No, no. No, I need, I need my wife. She needs me to get my love from God. And whatever I get from her is just the cherry on top in Jesus' name. Are you hearing me? And I'm not telling anyone to separate or anything. I'm just saying, talk about it. Okay, start talking about these things because it's, it's real. Let me just give you another example of this. How much time do I, yeah, I've got a, just a little bit of time left. Is that okay, Pastor? Is that all right? Are we doing okay? Are we all doing okay? Okay, okay. You know, in the last gospel, the Apostle John is never referred to as the Apostle John. Six times, when it does talk about the Apostle John, it actually refers to him as the disciple whom Jesus loved, right? What a thing to be said about you. Like, it doesn't say it about Peter. It doesn't say it about Bartholomew. Who was Bartholomew, by the way? Is anyone who, anyway. Andrew, it doesn't say it about Andrew. It doesn't say it about any of the other disciples, but it only seems to say it about John. What a special guy. What a, what a statement to be made about you. I, I think it's amazing. But the funny thing about it is it was John who wrote that about himself. <laughs> right? John wrote that about himself, the disciple that Jesus loved. And so he six times doesn't use his name. He says, Peter, so this is John writing, Peter and the disciple whom Jesus loved. Imagine if John was in this church. Imagine John was in this church. Uh, can I have a latte, please? Yeah, sure. What name would you like? Just write the disciple whom Jesus loved. Yeah, but what's it? No, no, just write that down, please. If he was the pastor of this church, he wouldn't have James Hensley written out there. It'd be the disciple whom Jesus, like you couldn't actually fit it on the actual uh, car park, right? It'd be the disciple whom Jesus, like, the apostle John didn't want his name mentioned. He just wanted to reveal to everybody, this is how I think. Imagine we had a culture in this church where everyone just walked around knowing I'm the disciple 
let me just say this. He doesn't say, I'm the disciple who Jesus loved the most. There was no competition. There was no competition. He wasn't saying he was more loved than anyone else. He was just saying, I've received the revelation that I am loved of God. I'm loved of God. Come on, someone, this is exciting. This is beautiful. The disciple whom Jesus loved, that's, that's the name he would have put down on the roster. Who's, who's singing this week? We've got Jenny, we've got Sam, we've got the, Jesus, uh, the, the disciple whom Jesus loved the most. Not the most, just loved. Now, some of you are going, oh, that, that's cute that he did that. That's so cute. That's really cute. No, 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 no. While Peter was being really strong with Jesus, I love you, wait for it. I will never let you go to Jerusalem. I will never let you die. I, that, was G, that was Peter declaring his love for Jesus, right? What did he end up doing? Denying Jesus three times? And here's the big question, guys. Who was actually at the foot of the cross when Jesus needed his disciples the most? Who was the only disciple at the foot of the cross? The one whom Jesus loved. Are you getting that? Hey, listen, stop making Christianity. Can I be really strong with you right now? But it's, it's, it's out of love. Stop making Christianity about how much you love God. It has never been about that. It's always been about you receiving how much He loves you. That's what Christianity actually is. Christianity is how much can you believe that God loves you? You know, in the 80s, we used to sing a song, Jesus Lover of my soul. Oh, how beautiful is this song? Jesus. Now that's, that's a bit of a lie. That's a bit of a lie. And that's why I used to be a worship pastor back in those days. And I used to hear people, hands would go up when that music would start to play. Jesus, lover of my soul. Everybody would be singing that part so loud. And then it would go, Jesus. Because they all felt like hypocrites. Hey, listen, I'm not here to change lyrics on songs because we could do that all day. But I think it would have been better if it had been Jesus, lover of my soul. Jesus, you will never let me go. How? That would have done more for my soul because that would have got rid of the stars and the dots. But instead, and I'm, I'm not bagging the song out. What, what I'm actually saying is instead, I actually felt a little bit condemned because sometimes I did let him go. I didn't stand up for him every moment of my day. I didn't probably give or serve the way I knew I should be. So I felt like a hypocrite. But you know what, friends? Why did I feel like that? Because I was declaring my love for him rather than receiving his love for me. If you receive this revelation, listen, you become untouchable. I no one can condemn you. No one can manipulate you because you just know who you are. Are you getting this? You know, when my son and I, when he was much younger, we went camping and it was probably our first or second trip camping. And we were on this plane, this flat plane, but then there was this, uh, this cliff edge essentially, but not cliff, cliff, okay? And I'm walking with him and there were rabbit holes everywhere and, and we're walking together and a voice says to me, hey, listen, your son is holding your hand right now. And he was, he was holding my hand. And a voice said to me, you better grab his and so what I did is I stopped and then I, what I actually did is I said, son, hang on a minute. And then I put my hand around his wrist. In other words, he wasn't holding on to me anymore. I was holding on to him. Are you getting this? And you know what? We took three more steps and his feet just went straight out from underneath him. If he had have 
let go of my hand, he would have been rolling down that hill and today I'd have two children instead of three. But I grabbed, when his, when his feet slipped out from underneath him, there was no problem. I was holding his wrist. Friends, as we speak in this church service, you're not holding God's hand. He's holding your wrist. He's got you, friend. He's holding you. It's not a, Christianity is not about you holding God's hand. It's actually not, friend. It's about Him holding you. And this is so powerful. Do you remember when Jesus used to stay at Mary, Martha and Lazarus's house? Do you remember this? Jesus used to hang out with those people. Lazarus dies and the, good, the two girls want Jesus to do a miracle for him, for them. They want him to do a miracle. What was their motivator to Jesus? Do you remember what they told Jesus? Jesus, the one whom you love has died. Not the one who loved you, Jesus. Hey, listen, let's change the way we pray. Let's change the way we pray. Instead of God, I need that house. I need to buy that house, Lord. Come on, Lord, I love you. Why don't you change your prayer to, Lord, the one whom you love needs to buy that house. Lord, the one whom you love needs to get this promotion. Lord, the one whom you love needs healing rather than God, heal me because I love you. No, 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 the, the better motivator is God, heal me because you love me. Are you getting, because if you quote the other one, your, your, your love for God is not as perfect as His love for you. So why would you quote your love for Him? Are you getting this? Because sometimes what He can turn, that's what makes us angry. God, but I'm loving you. Why is this happening? Turn it around, friend. It's a huge motivator. And so today, we're coming to the close. This is all I want to do, is I just want to throw it out there, friend. How powerful is the love of God in your life? How powerful is your revelation? Because if it's not as powerful as it needs to be, today's your day to say, God, I receive that. I receive that. And friends, we're, we are going to have a de-starring, de-dotting service right now. Is that okay? Can we do that? I'm going to ask the worship team to come up and join me. You know, there's a song that's just come out. I wish it had come out many, many years ago. But it's called Gyra. And to be quite honest, we could have just sung that song today and it was basically this message. Because the, the opening words say, I've never been more loved than I am. I will never be more loved than I am right now. And then it says, and this is, this is the power punch. I wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down. You know, often we use those words, I really let God down. Oh, did you think you were holding him up? Oh, did you think, did you think, I, I really let God down? Really, sweetheart? Were you, were you holding him up the whole time? Is that what you think's going on here? No, 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 no. No, there's nothing you can do to let God down. And some of you are like, oh, what does that mean? Can we just go out and live in sin? None of us want to do that. Most of us are just trying to live for God, but, but the enemy, our upbringing, how do we stop that? How do we stop that? How do, you, how do you stop negativity getting into a glass of water? Make sure the glass of water is full. <laughs> how do we stop that? Make sure you're full of the love of God. And as you're full, you become really slippery. Stars don't stick. Dots don't stick. Nothing seems to stick on you and your shoulders are put back. You know what? There will be people in ministry because of a message like this. 
because you think your past has disqualified you. And God says, I'm getting rid of the dots today. Get back on your journey. Get back on your journey. Come on. What's the enemy saying to you? What's he saying to you? Don't get into ministry to get stars, guys. I'm telling you, there are months without a star in in sight. (laughs) Is that right, Pastor James? Right, if you do this for stars, right, what you seem to get a lot of is a whole lot of dots, to be honest. Now, you don't do this for stars. You do it to give out stars. You do it to encourage people. So come on, would everyone stand right across this place? Thanks for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed this message. We pray that you and your family are richly blessed by the love and grace of Jesus. If you're ever in the area, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship.